0: Let me tell you something. We are living in interesting times for many reasons. We are living in times of skepticism, right? So the idea of you know uh, religion being an outdated pre-modern thing is very common now. It's it's the it's the common atmosphere in high school. It's certainly the common atmosphere in the university setting. So it doesn't matter if you're going in the accounting field or you're going to go into medicine if you're Pakistani, uh, or if you're going to go you know. Whatever field you're going to go into, you're going to take a couple of years of electives. Okay, and those electives, the idea of them is to instill in you enough doubt, enough ideas, you know, from the point of view of anthropology, to, you know, psychology, to philosophy. You get exposed to enough ideas that are, they're more than enough to shatter, or at least, at the very least, rattle your foundations in your faith. They're there to mess you up. And especially if you go further in your studies, some, some students decide they're gonna go further in their studies in the humanities. So they're gonna study, you know, uh, sociology of religion or anthropology or something like that. May Allah protect them because most of the people who end up in these fields become highly agnostic or highly skeptic of religion. You know, because they look at it... Because, you know, in the academia, they study religion like, much like they're studying a corpse. It's something dead and they're doing an autopsy. It's a soulless study of religion. They call it Islamic studies programs in many universities. It's anything but. You know, it's this, it's this idea of just studying this thing. It's very, it, they, their approach to it is no different from the department next door that's studying cadavers. It's honest to God, that's, it's, it is what it is. That, that is how it is. Now we're in that environment and we're in that culture, and those ideas are not only relegated to academia anymore, they have made their way into YouTube, they have made their way into popular media. Right, So we're exposed to that line of thinking overwhelmingly, all the time. I want to summarize the problem of modern thought in four, four ways. I think this is important for this conversation, especially when we're talking about giving faith to our children and passing the legacy of faith and prayer down to our kids. Then I think this is important. Uh, and if you've heard this from me before, I apologize. Actually, no, I don't apologize. Uh, you need to hear it again. So, uh, so here goes. In, in pre-modern society, it doesn't matter if they're Muslim or not, pre-modern society uh, put God at the center. So whether it was Hindu society, or it was Christian society, or Jewish society, pre-modern societies put some higher power at the center. Okay, And people who understood that higher power, or studied that higher power, or worshipped that higher power, were the most important people in that society. So in, in Hindu society, the people who were the most re- the religious you know, uh, uh, pundits or whatever they are, they were actually of the, the elite of that society. In Islamic tradition, the ulama were the elite of the society. They were the most noble, most respected of the people. In, in the Catholic tradition, or in the Christian tradition, the people that studied Catholicism, they were actually very noble. They were the noble class of people, right? So, the, the study of God was the most important study. The second most important study, I'm gonna go in order now, three things at least. The second most important study was actually the study or the, the a focus on an afterlife. And it's not limited to Islam. Everybody talked about either, whether they talk about karma, or they talk about heaven and hell, or they talk about something. But there's a constant emphasis on an afterlife. Do we have that emphasis in Islam? Absolutely. Every, everything you do, there are consequences and benefits of it in the Akhirah. So there was a focus on God, and there was a focus on the afterlife. And then thirdly, after God and the afterlife, there was a focus on bettering yourself, morally, bettering yourself spiritually, saving your soul. I like to call it. Every culture has something about saving your soul. The Christians talk about saving the soul, you know. the The Buddhists talk about it in one way, in one it's in so many words. The Muslims we talk about taskiyatun nafs, cleansing the self, the diseases of the heart. Right? So, there's an emphasis on there's a part of me that is inside that isn't my physical being, there's a spiritual entity inside me, and it needs to be taken care of. So, what were the three areas of emphasis thus far? God, what else? Afterlife, and you could just say the soul. God, the afterlife, and the soul. And then finally, as a result of all of these, actually, I'll hold off to finally. Let me tell you what happened in postmodern society. Postmodern society, the, the revolution in Europe, basically leads to many, many different kinds of philosophies. Because philosophy was outlawed in Europe. But after the revolution against the church, there was an explosion of philosophies in Europe. And there were so many different, so many isms, right? All all different kinds of isms. But at the end of the day, all of those isms had a few things in common. And I want to share those with you. They said that we've been studying God throughout history. What has that given us? An oppressive regime? What does that produce? Has that produced a better world? But even now that we have an opportunity to explore the universe, understand matter, develop physics and chemistry, you know, understand mechanics. When we study these things, we see immediate benefits. You know the industrial evolution in Europe? is not because people studied God, but it's actually because people studied the universe. So we've been studying God a long time, but nothing really happened. But when we study the universe, what happens? Great development. You see a fantastic results. So you know what? Whether you want to believe in God or not, it's okay. But the real important thing is to study the universe. So there's a shift in focus. Now the emphasis is on studying the material sciences. And that, that shift that started with the European revolution is so powerful that you, when you decide to study something that is immaterial. For example, if you decide to leave architecture and go into doing a major in history, your parents will say, what are you doing? You have to get a real job. And most, the most prestigious jobs today, the most prestigious positions today are people that hold positions in a particular science. Is it true or not? So There's a shift, cultural shift. And this, is this a shift only in Europe and America? No, it's a global phenomenon. So there's this overwhelming emphasis on science, on the universe. What was the second thing that pre-modern society used to emphasize? The afterlife. We've been thinking about heaven and hell, what has that done for us? Well, you know, we need, to make, we need to figure out how to make this life and this society and this world and this city and this country better. We need to advance our study of urban development and architecture and sociology and political science and even psychology. Let's make this life better. And when they emphasize this, were they able to develop? Was Western civilization able to develop more amenities, more advanced political structures? More advanced infrastructure than humanity has ever seen? Absolutely. The study of science, we are beneficiaries of it. The fact that I'm using this microphone and there are cameras recording us and you can watch this on YouTube, this is because of the, the emphasis on scientific discovery. The fact that we took highways here, you know, the, the, the kind of infrastructure people come from Pakistan, you know. Why do people love coming here? Why do people love going to Europe? Especially when they come from the Muslim world. Because in the Muslim world, the way we used to park our, our cows and our camels back in the day is still how we park our cars. You know. And just like the camel moves around later, they don't even put the brake on It's all, it's all good. You know. But we are we, the world was mesmerized by the infrastructure developed by the West. Absolutely mesmerized. Now that's the second shift. Instead of focusing on the next life, let's focus on... This life. What was the third emphasis that used to be there? The soul. Who needs the soul? What has the soul gotten us? Let's study the body. Let's study medicine. Let's study physiology. Let's study neurology. Let's study the you know the material part of the human body. It's such a universe in and of itself. It's fascinating. Let's make discoveries and breakthroughs in medicine and in the fields of you know you know uh, uh, you know uh, 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 surgery. And research in this, in, this, in this area and forget spirituality, let's replace spirituality with psychology. And if you're having a problem, there must be some kind of chemical imbalance, we can fix that for you. Take this pill and you will not want to kill your cousin. You know. So, let's, so what happened? A world that used to be emphasized on spiritual truths, God, the afterlife and the soul, now started emphasizing the universe instead of God, this life instead of the next life, Somebody says, why are you going to study Islam? Well, because I want to... I, I think it's good for my next life. <laughs> get a job. Go study something that will help you get a job now. And somebody says, why are, you, why are you making wudu? Well, you know, it's a means of purification. Praying is... it purifies us. You know, in al have to say, "Yeah, let me purify. Just use soap. You're pure. People started thinking of themselves and the life around them only in material terms. Now let me tell you the last part. This is the reason I brought this up. This dichotomy of three versus three. I brought this up. Thank you. That was pretty cool. Okay. So this dichotomy, I tell you why I brought it up. Before, pre-modern society, a society based on faith, you have a set of values. And those values are revealed by Allah. They're revealed by a higher power. Therefore, they are not subject to change because they're timeless. And if you live by these values, then you will make God happy, then you will better your afterlife, and you will be able to keep your soul pure. How will you do those three things? By abiding by what He revealed. But when the emphasis shifted, when the emphasis shifted, there was no longer a need for God's law or God's advice. Because the things that you will get as a result of following His advice are no longer emphasized. So morality itself became relative. What is good to you, if it feels good, do it. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. Is the moral compass of the United States, and by extension the world, is the moral compass of the world constantly shifting? What was wrong 30 years ago is okay now. What is wrong today might be okay in five years. The conversation about marijuana went super fast. That went way too fast. The conversation about homosexuality, study it over the last 30 years. Don't even talk about the Islamic perspective, talk about the American view on homosexuality in the last 30 years. And what do you find? It's remarkable the pace at which the transformation has happened. From its introduction into media to the point where it's celebrated by the president of the United States, is pretty remarkable. It's pretty amazing how quickly that happened. Now, because we don't need a constant morality, we need something that is what relative. It's, as society changes, we should change alongside with it. What did Salah do? Salah, by the way, we call it ikama to Salah. Yes, Iqama means when you stand, and when you stand, you don't lean. The values in society have iwaj. This book is qayyim because it, it makes you qayyim. It stands up straight. Its values don't budge. Its values don't move. Now that Allah gave us these values, this Qur'an, look at what happens. They wasted the prayer. They let go of the prayer. When you let go of the prayer, the entire moral worldview that comes with the prayer is also gone. When you waste the prayer, that's what that means. So what's the next part? وَاتَّبَعُوا Shahawat? They followed desires. <laughs> what have I just summarized to you? What world are we living in now? The consumer world that we live in now, where the ultimate good is what? Following, obeying your thirst. Just do it. Sound familiar? You know? If it feels right, it must be right. As a matter of fact, in the world of counseling... In the United States, in many, many states now, counselors are not allowed to receive their certifications if they're counseling a young person who comes and says, I have certain thoughts, certain sexual deviations in my mind, I have these tendencies, I feel bad about them. You're not allowed to say, yeah, you're right, those are not good feelings you have. You're supposed to say, if it feels right, you should go for it. You can't get your license in counseling if you don't agree. And that's increasing. We're officially becoming a nation of what shahawat. Follow what, de, what the desires, what the shahwa is. Follow desires. You know, recently in Times Square, there was a... You know, Times Square has those giant billboards and the, you know, the... I, I call, you calling it Megatron? It's, it's a bigger... Big, not the robot, the big screen, you know. In terms of advertising, they actually advertised a pornography website on Times Square. And the pornography industry, which is one of the most powerful industries in the world, and internet marketers that make millions a month, the vast majority of them are in the pornography industry, now their next move is, well, if we're gonna further this market, we're already making bunches of money, you know, spreading pornography online, but we can further this by making it normal. If we can make it acceptable, and we can put an ad of it next to a Coke, or next to like a McDonald's french fries, it's just a normal thing, it's okay. Okay. That's the next step. There are non-Muslim movements right now, fight the new addiction. They're seeing it as a problem. But they're only gonna see it as a problem for a little bit. It's coming. It's coming. And in many of your offices, and in many of your universities, and in many of your public high schools, when a child or a co-worker has some pornography on their phone, or on their tablet, or even on their screen, nobody cares. It's not a big deal. Or the way they talk, is not a big deal. It's not a big... What, where were, what was the first downfall? Salat. وَاتَّبَعُوا الشَّهَوَاتِ And then the final and the worst downfall, فَسَوْفَ يَلْقَوْنَ غَيَّ Then they will fall into deviation. And Ghay literally means a, a curve or a deviation, which means their values will deviate, and they will deviate more, and they will deviate more, and they will deviate more, until finally the ultimate ghay, the ultimate deviation is when they fall into Jahannam. That's why the tafsir of this ayah they say amtarat is the sky rained vegetation the sky does not rain vegetation the sky rains water which leads to vegetation the, he, here it says they follow deviation they followed by the way al-ghay I know I'm over my time but that's okay inshallah they'll forgive me inshallah I'm only going to take like 2 more minutes I promise the first meaning of ghay al-dhalal wal-khayba listen to this the first meaning of ghay is misguidance So they're misguided. There's no standard for guidance anymore. And second of all, it is disappointment. So they will follow something and it will not give them pleasure. So they'll follow something else and it won't give them pleasure. And they will constantly be disappointed. Suicide rates will go up. People will live miserable lives. Depression will go up. Anxiety will go up people will have fancy cars nice clothes people have all these things but they will not be happy they'll be miserable they'll be on antidepressants or they will take loads and loads of drugs because they don't want to face reality because they're too disappointed they're in ghay then al ghay means al fasad corruption Things will get... They're thinking this will make the world a better place. It will become more enjoyable. But the world will become actually only on the surface more enjoyable. The reality of it will be a kind of ugly corruption you can't even imagine. So you will go to places where there are beautiful malls. And there's, you know, the lighting and the design. And you're just gonna be like amazed. But the people who work there and work minimum wages are gonna be living in subhuman housing. You know, it's gonna be facade. It looks pretty. It looks pretty. They're gonna sell these clothes in the malls at 200, 300, 2,000% profit that are gonna be made in factories where people are working like slaves. Even animals shouldn't be treated that way. And if somebody decides to do an investigation on them, well and good. But don't do too much of an investigation because you'll lose lose your job in Fox or CNN. Facade will come. Corruption will come. Because there's no guidance to keep humanity in check, to keep its greed in check. And the final meaning of غَيْ is tarkun nahi. النَّهِي As-Sha'arawi argued. He said, غَيْ also means the abandonment of prohibition. In other words, there is no such thing as wrong. There is no such thing. It's not, it's, nothing's wrong. When it comes to the bottom line, everything's okay. The, 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 the corporate, soulless corporate industry Watch these documentaries yourself. Don't listen to me. Watch these. They're not made by Muslim fanatics. You know, they're not made by right-wingers. <laughs> you know, they're made by people. Study what happened with the Gulf oil spill. Study what happened there. You know, they, There are no prohibitions for them. So long as we can make money, we don't care if we put people's lives in danger. We don't care if we pollute the entire oceans. We don't care. This happens when a useless generation comes up who didn't make prayer. My final comment. Why did I share this dark picture with you? This seems a pretty depressing talk. But you know, there's another ayah: "Illa mantaba wa amana wa amila salihan," with the exception of those who repented, who who revived their faith, and the one who did good deeds, who who acted righteously. "Fa ulaika wa They're going to be entering jannah. They will not be. They will not be. No wrong will be done to them in the least bit. What does Allah do at the end of this ayah? A useless generation came, but even within them, there will be people who can make tawbah. They can fix things. They can go back to how things are supposed to be. So if we, us and our children, are in the danger of falling into khalf, we can become khalaf. We can become khalaf. We have to fix this. We have to understand the urgency of the matter today. Communicate with your children. Be in open conversation with your children. Be cognizant and not afraid, not overwhelmed by the evil outside. Learn to raise the kids so they can stand up to that evil. And do the right things. The only, the only hope left for humanity is people who stand up for the, for the Word of Allah. The Word of Allah did not come to sit in a university or be downloaded on a website. The word of Allah is supposed to live in people's hearts, and is communicated to other, other people's hearts. That's the generation we want to raise. And that's the hope that we have, inshallah ta'ala, with institutions like IOK, with efforts that are being made all over. And people can, We can raise people's like, moral compass, so that they can go into the executive boardrooms of Shell and IBM or whatever else. IBM's gone, who cares about IBM anymore? You know, or Apple. There needs to be moral people in these places. Where, where are you going to get moral people from? Right here, in this hall. Right here. I pray that Allah Azza wa Jal allows us to rise to the occasion. And may Allah not make us of those who are a disappointing next generation. Barakallahu li salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
1: Alhamdulillah <laughs> Rabbil Alameen Wal'aqibatu lil muttaqeen Wala udwana illa ala al Wa ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah wahdahu la sharika lah Wa ashhadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasooluh Sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'een My beloved brothers and sisters, I remind you I remind you about the consciousness of Allah Something called taqwa, taqwa Allah Be conscious of Allah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly to help you to develop your taqwa. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant it to you and make an effort to develop your relationship with Allah by using the energy that He has given you to do the right thing and not the wrong thing. This energy that I have derived, remember my brothers and sisters, I got it from Allah. And remember, Allah expects me to use it to do that which pleases Him. So, if I were to use my energies in the displeasure of Allah, I will be the one who will lose. Many people unfortunately forget that they have to return to Allah. They forget that they will have to present their book to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What book is this? It is the book of your deeds, my brothers, my sisters. The deeds that you do, they are written. Whatever you say, whatever you do is written. Be mindful of that. My brothers and sisters, sometimes people are addicted to bad things. Sometimes people are addicted to intoxicants. People are addicted to sinful behavior. Remember, you need to seek the help of Allah. You need to change yourself. Those who are addicted, for example, to pornography. My brothers and sisters, you can do better. Remember, you have to answer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. These addictions are not healthy for you. And you know what? Spiritually, they're damaging. Just like the addiction to alcohol, just like the addiction to drugs, or just like the addiction to something bad and evil. Subhanallah, these addictions are terrible. My brothers and sisters, make sure that you seek the help of Allah. One of the primary things that we are taught is to improve the companionship we have. The company you have makes you or breaks you. If you're not going to improve in that company, it will drag you down right to the ground and it will take you even further down until you have suffered such a great loss that it becomes difficult to find yourself again. When Allah asks you to be disciplined and when Allah asks you to set yourself rules and regulations that are conforming to what Allah has set down, He does it for your own benefit, subhanallah. So remember, Allah wants you to do better than you are doing. You must make sure you have better company. The people you have as friends need to be brilliant people. Don't have thieves as your friends. Don't have those who deceive, those who are vulgar, those who swear. Don't have those who abuse others, those who are criminals. Don't have them as your friends, my brothers and sisters. Whatever your friends are doing, if you consider them your friends... It is just a matter of time before you start engaging in that. And do you know what? You may never come out of that while they may one day come out of it. My brothers and sisters, this is a serious problem that we have. People become irresponsible. They stop thinking about the future. They don't realize sometimes when you're young, you fall into the wrong company. Get out of it as soon as you can. Get out of it as soon as you can. Sometimes shifting where you live might also be a good solution. Dear parents who have children who are struggling with addictions, remember sometimes if you shift location completely and go into a totally different environment, perhaps you may help your child. And this is why we're taught in the Arabic language, Al-jaaru dar which means when you're looking for a house, before the house, What is of greater importance is your neighbors. Who are your neighbors? What type of a neighborhood do you live in? Try to do better. Or protect yourself as best as you can. Mix with the right people. Then my brothers and sisters, some of these addictions happen to be online. People are addicted to games. Subhanallah. People are addicted to bad games sometimes. And when I say bad games, have you noticed how Many of these games give you points when you break the law, when you harm people, when you kill people. Astaghfirullah. Now there are games that give you points when you rape people. There are games that give you points when you abuse others. What type of games are these? Can we not hold someone responsible? My brothers and sisters, I don't think it's going to be so easy to stop these games from being made because someone somewhere has an agenda. You gain points for immoral behavior. You gain points for nudity. You gain points for pedophilia. Imagine on games. Astaghfirullah. May Allah safeguard our children. May Allah safeguard us. This is happening on the globe. And you know what? Sometimes young children are exposed to this in a very dangerous and damaging way. So be careful, be responsible. Communicate well with your family members, siblings, siblings, Your children, your brothers and sisters, subhanallah, your parents, communicate well, befriend them, spend a lot of time with your children. COVID-19 has given us an opportunity to spend time with our loved ones. My brothers, my sisters, remember. When you spend time with your loved ones, you talk to them, you eat with them, you pray with them, you've actually protected them because they won't have all that time to do whatever is negative. And if you were to play a game, number one, don't get addicted. Number two, make sure the games you're playing are filled with high morals and values. Never score points by doing something immoral, sinful, unacceptable, or criminal, even if it is just a game. Islam prohibits it. Imagine, Islam prohibits even a game where you've got to kill people and get points. Islam prohibits even a game where you have to engage in criminal activity or break the law in order to earn points. Remember that. Even if the world allows it, you're a Muslim, you're cleaner than that. You're supposed to be filled with the highest level of morals and values. Don't allow yourself to be degraded by anonymous people who have created these platforms without subhanallah any morals or values they've either intended to drop you and you're being dropped they've intended to target you and you're allowing yourself to be targeted and willfully people pay to participate subhanallah be careful my brothers and sisters these addictions are absolutely dangerous not just addictions even a little of these immoral games is not acceptable in the eyes of allah Try to do that which is moral, which is upright. Those of you who are into IT and those who are perhaps creating games from amongst us, let's create the best of games. Why can't we gain points to do a good deed, to feed the poor, to reach out to those who are perhaps drowning, to save lives, perhaps to do hajj, perhaps to give zakah. Why can't we create those games, my brothers and sisters, and make them beautiful games? We will get a lot of people to promote these games, subhanallah. Then we can give prizes to those who have done good deeds, engaging in the pillars of Islam, engaging in high meaning practices of high morals and values, subhanallah. Looking out for the the elderly. Imagine gaining points for helping someone cross the road, gaining points for looking for orphans and meeting their needs looking for widows and taking care of them fi if these are our games we will definitely have a better future with better generations but today the swear words the type of words that are used the f word is being used by children little children who are actually capturing it on videos and posting those videos on social media with the f word and the b word and the p word and the d word and all these words that are created subhanallah They were not even in our dictionary when we were young. But look at what's happening. Surely we should be conscious of this. It cannot be acceptable for me or for you to write such words in a book that we're going to be presenting on the Day of Judgment as a book of our deeds. And it's going to go to Allah, your Maker. And that book is filled with immoral behavior, bad words, the worst of words, immoral dress or whatever it may be. May Allah protect us. We have to be people who are very responsible. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us from this. So my brothers and sisters, another way of protecting yourself from the addictions online is to do whatever you're doing in full view of the members of your family. Subhanallah. So be it your phone or your tablet or your laptop, sit in a public place allow people to share with you whatever you're doing or share it with them subhanallah may allah grant us ease many of you might be thinking i'm not going to do that but if you have a problem identify it seek help and you will be helped there are so many people who are doing a lot of good words remedy good work remedying those who have addictions of this nature my brothers and sisters take it seriously Admit that you need help. Be strong and work towards it. Fight your nafs. Fight the bad side of yourself. And remember, if you were to be transparent, you would actually be able to come out of the suffering that you're in. It doesn't bring about any goodness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and our offspring, our boys and girls, our children, and the children of humanity at large. For indeed, we are part of a larger family. We need to be concerned about everyone. There are some who are out to reduce you to a person who has no values, no morals. You're a Muslim. You're a believer. You can do better than that. You are answerable to Allah, not to me. I'm just encouraging you to do the right thing. That's it. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is definitely most forgiving, the most merciful, he's waiting for you to improve yourself. He's waiting for you to actually improve yourself, my brothers, my sisters. So remember, if you have good company, and if you seek help, and if you are in a public place, meaning public as in the common room in your house, or a common place in your house where others can watch what you're doing, inshallah, you will be helped in a good way. Then, Fulfill your obligations unto Allah Keep yourself occupied with good things And inshallah you won't be occupied with that which is bad If you fulfill your five daily prayers You make wudu You wash yourself And you fulfill your prayers For the love you have for Allah You will automatically be helped When it comes to eradicating bad things You will do it less You won't have the time for it And then Community activities, very good. Go out and help people. Reach out to people. Talk to your siblings. Talk to your grandparents. Talk to anyone, your parents, your own parents. Make sure that you've reached out to people. Don't be lazy. Occupy yourself with good things so that shaitan does not occupy you with bad things. Remember that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant every one of us ease and make us more conscious of what we're doing. So my brothers and sisters, then again we need to know when Allah has blessed us with an eyesight, with good health, with wealth, all of these we need to use them in the right direction. All of these we need to make sure that we actually use them so well that the day they are taken away from us, and they probably will at some stage, we would not regret the way we use them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us more conscious of our relationship with Him. I thought perhaps it would be interesting to mention some of the addictions and some of the remedies that we have. Seek the forgiveness of Allah. Turn to Allah. Allah loves you. It's about time we changed our ways and habits. Trust me, we don't know who's going to live and for how long we're going to live, we don't want to die with the wrong thing in our hands, having done the wrong thing. That is why we have these blessed, beautiful reminders to remind us to say, do the right thing in your life. Don't you don't want to regret when you go to meet with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or even in your grave when the first few questions you're going to be asked one of them is about your prayer did you pray? inshallah we can do better those of you who are weak perhaps you're praying four times a day you can up your game to five you can you will by the help of Allah if you're determined, you will may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen you those of you who are struggling to dress in the most appropriate way, you know what? With the help of Allah and your determination, inshallah, you will get there. And when you are doing the right thing, don't ever take a step backwards. Don't, my brothers and sisters, if you have taken a step backwards, come back. Allah is waiting for you. Allah wants you. Allah will be so happy the day you come back to Him. In this obedience, my brothers and sisters, I repeat, if you've taken a step back, come back. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide myself and all of us and give us the loftiest ranks of paradise, forgiving us for our shortcomings, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the best of this world and the next. sallama wa Muhammad Wa alaykum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.